0: Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke?
1: Hey, man. How you doing today?
0: Pretty good, man. Uh, just got done eating. Had a nice, like, uh, ice-cold root beer out of a glass bottle. Like, it was, uh, it was, it was a very good meal, uh, and that was, like, the perfect little compliment to it. So, um, so yeah, feeling good. Uh, how about yourself?
1: Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Ready. To, uh, hopefully, watch my Celtics close this one out on the road. If not, I'll go back Game Seven. But you know,
0: just uh, ready for uh, tonight's game. Just excited for that one. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think they're going to close it out tonight. Um, you know, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, but like, I, I think getting Marcus Smart back is going to be huge. But we'll get, we'll get to the Celtics in a minute. First things first. I wanted to. Uh, I've decided not to go Eastern Conference, Western Conference, because I really had a particular order that I wanted to talk about these series tonight. So let's get it started. The Golden State Warriors have eliminated uh, the Spurs from the playoffs. Um, We kind of all knew this was coming. Um, It was, it was awesome that they were able to get a win in game four. Um, So to get a win at home uh, before they, you know, eventually got eliminated as we, you know, kind of all knew they would. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge has had a terrific season, but he's still the fourth best player in that series. And the other three are all play for Golden State. So, I mean, it was just – there was just no way that they were going to be able to get the win. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on the, the Warriors uh, eliminating the Spurs? And then also, more importantly, um, what are your thoughts on the Warriors without Steph Curry? Let's, let's just say Steph Curry can't, you know, can't come back until after round two. What are your thoughts on them going at, going up against the Red Hot Pelicans uh, in the second round? So
1: I'm kind of worried, but kind of not worried, of, of like how long it depends if he, he's out. They keep on pushing it back. So right now they're saying game two. So I think, you know, First game, definitely, if I was the Pelicans, I'm trying to seize the moment right there. If I know for sure I got one game at least that I know Steph's not going to be out on that court, we need to do everything. Rondo needs to return back. Like, he's been playing out of his mind right now, but he needs to really get with these young guys. Like, listen, you got to listen to me. I once had a big three. Great players taught me what to do in the playoffs. We have to seize this moment. We got to take one on the road right now. We need to get this one. So, they take one, and then Steph comes back in two. They're in a the perfect spot. They can lose the, the game and just be just fine. So, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm doing everything that I can, and I think they're going to really worry Golden State the way that they can match up against teams. I mean, Anthony Davis playing out of his mind. I'm sorry. Draymond Green, you think you're a good defender, but you're about to be embarrassed the whole <laughs> Now He might prove me wrong. He might not, but, no, you're not going to stop – uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. You do have length, but you just don't have body size at all. So Zaza, you're gonna know, maybe do something dirty. I can definitely see him doing that. But so just I would everything right now that are coming out that are leading that he's not gonna start game one. I'm just fully totally preparing. I mean, the the guards have been playing well, really well for Pelicans. So you got Drew Holiday and Ron Rondo. So that that can really help you out, and they're both really good at defense. So you know they can lock down Clay. No one's going to lock down the two people who won't get locked down in this series. is Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. They're going to find their back. Right. But then you got to look right. look at the other people that are left there for them. Draymond Green's even a minute himself. He doesn't have the offensive mentality because he has he's been so used to playing with these other guys, and he really, I mean, you know, he's not offensive play. He does other things for his team, so he's not going to do it. Clay. Clay is just Clay. He can make it work, but I think, you know, you're probably going to be switching Rondo and Drew Holiday off of them, conserving energy and all that. So, that's how you're just switching the whole time. So, right now, if I was going to say that, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, and also, too, I mean, you look at game four, I mean, yeah, they close up the series, but that's still a close win for a Spurs team that didn't have their coach, doesn't have their yep. best player. Yep. There's a lot to this team that is just – and you're just barely – skating by 99 to 91. So, if I was them, um, I'd be a little bit worried, but, you know, one thing, it's that, too. It's it's all about rhythm in basketball, and, like, you know, and he, so it might take him a game or two to get back to normal step, or he might have a good first game, and then go in the slump, because he hasn't been out there. He hasn't gotten his feet under him for a while. I mean, did he went out the same time Kyrie Irving went out, back back when um the season was still started. I mean, Kyrie now has yeah. his had to get surgery, but they both – that was a long time for them. And I don't think Marcus Smart was out less games because he came back and all that. So it's been a while since Steph's been out there. So the whole game flow. So I think it could catch them by surprise. And it could be a huge punch in the face. But I think Golden State in the end could come back and win it in seven, even if they lost game one. They could come back and beat yeah. the Pelicans in New Orleans. I'm sorry, New Orleans. I mean – you're a fun city, I love you to death, but you're not really the biggest Pelicans fans. You're huge Saints fans, but you're not really Pelicans fans, so you're not really an intimidating place to play in. It's not a place where it's just like, okay, they – I mean, no matter what, home court advantage is home court advantage, but it's yeah. not really like, oh, man, the Pelicans fans are really top-notch out there. So yeah, it's I not, think not it's like going of, to, like, lo- OKC. Okay, yeah. OK, they're just a plus. So I could see a lot of, like – the Pelicans, in my mind, at, when they came in the playoffs, you know, I didn't really think of them being a major threat. I didn't have them going as the Blazers, but both, they man. keep on, <laughs> they keep on like the side of the bracket that they got put on. It was just like you, you looked at the Rockets side at first, and you're like, man, that's a that's a tough side, you know. No matter what, Rockets got to go through T Wolves and then winner of Jazz, OKC, okay, and Golden States over there, just easy peasy. Either got. I mean, Blazers is a great team, and, and Pelicans, don't, don't get me wrong, all teams are making the playoffs are great teams, but, you know, you'll get a side difference. But now it's like the Pelicans, they're, where they're matched up on their side, they can take advantage because they run big, and not a lot of people on their sides. They don't have a Quinn Capella. Quinn Capella could probably possibly match up against Anthony Davis as well. Like, there's not a lot of bigs on that side. That's how they exploited right. the Blazers, straight up. Just let's go where we know our mismatch. And so... It could be – I think it could be this series could be very interesting. It's not going to be a 4-1 like Golden State's been used to in the past or sweeping. They're actually going to be challenged.
0: I think so, too. And, I mean, I, I hadn't heard that they are uh, targeting Steph for game, coming back at game two. Um, like I, the last bit that that I had heard was they were expecting him to pretty much miss all of round two. So, that, I mean, that certainly helps. But you do bring up a good question. It's like it's not just getting stuff back. It's what kind of rhythm he's in and how, how – like, obviously he won't be 100%, but what percentage is he? Uh, because we've seen this story play out before in, in 2017 when he got hurt. Uh, I think it was against the Blazers. And, you know, same thing, his knee. And when he came back, um, he was not as effective. Uh, and uh, obviously that wasn't the thing that ultimately cost him the championship that year. Um, but it was certainly, and I actually, I'm sorry, it was 2016, not 70, um, but it was certainly uh, like part of it. The Draymond green suspension is, is, you know, was a big part of it. Andrew Bogut getting hurt, you know, in the finals was a big part of it, but that was also a pretty big part of it. He never, he never quite found his rhythm. And for the guy who was the first unanimous MVP that year, Like you you saw a clear drop-off uh, when, when he came back from, from that injury. Still highly effective, but not as effective. And now you're telling me that not only he's got to come back, but he's got to come back and he's got to, you know, essentially be effective against probably the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. I feel like it's safe to say that now after this last series. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, I still highly favor the Warriors. I think last week or on Monday, uh, when Ju- Juwan and I talked about it, I I said probably like I give them like fifteen percent chance the Pelicans like somewhere between ten and twenty, you know. So I just I just landed on fifteen percent um, to win the series. Uh, my biggest thing and what I want to ask you because um, like I I was kind of of the mindset that like you you probably need to put Anthony Davis on KD to see if you can try to stop him. Um, but Jawan, like, he kind of pointed out, like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe just you, you say, we know KD's going to get his. We'll let KD get his. We're going to try to shut down everybody else. And so, and and make KD put that team on his back. And maybe he folds under that kind of pressure. Um, you know, he might still be very effective, but if, if you can shut down almost, like everybody else, which I think they're, they match up pretty well to do because, like you said, Draymond's not really the offensive threat that he was before Katie got there. Um, he, I mean, he's very, very shaky from three. He's streaky. He can hit a few in a row, but he's not consistent at all. Um, and if you put AD on him, that kind of links on him, uh, that's going to be tough. You can hide Miracic on, um, on you know, whatever big big they're running. Uh, And then if they go small, um, you can obviously, you know, you could probably, in theory, play Miritich a little bit on Draymond Green because he's not, and then, you know, flow Anthony Davis where you need him. Um, But maybe, like, maybe playing Anthony Davis on Kevin Durant is not the best idea um, because you can let him, you know, you can basically just say, all right, team team's yours. Like, go ahead, see what you can do, try to beat us. We're going to shut down everybody else. And you're gonna to have to put this team on your back and carry him. Let's see if you can do it. I, I, Jawan kind of convinced me. I think that's that would probably be the, the way that I go. Um, but what are your thoughts?
1: Oh no, man, I, I don't think me and Juwan have agreed in a while. So I'm actually 100% <laughs> agreeing with with Jawan for this. Nice. For once, I mean, dude, I wish he was on. He, yeah, he usually never it. see eye to eye on something. Yeah, so, but, dude, exactly <laughs> what what he says and everything. Like, I don't see. KD and I wouldn't go one-on-one. I'd be like, okay, Anthony, just, you know, play your normal spot. Be, be a logjam jam down low. No matter what, don't let him drive in on you. We'll we'll worry about his favorite game. He'll get his buckets out there. But if he comes down in the lane, you you stop that. That's when, so I'd have him play in that. And I think it would really work. I mean, Kevin Durant's going to get his buckets, but if you worry about every other person, that's what, um, oh, who was it? What team used to do that to Jordan? Detroit Pistons back when, like, Jordan, before he yep. really had – when it, before he had Scottie Pippen he had another threat. They figured out, well, we're not just – we'll let Jordan beat us. Let's let every other person beat – like, well, we'll stop Boston. them.
0: Boston's yeah. like, fine, so it's like, like, take 63 points, MJ. Like, you can you can have them. Like, you're still not going to beat us because we're going to shut down everybody else.
1: So, I think – and, and it worked perfectly. And no matter what, you have Anthony Davis down low. So, Kevin Durant, I mean, what he did in the finals, I mean, when he – when he got finals MVP last year, he wasn't really taking it. He was driving the lane and just dunking in. Man, that was making yeah, me so mad that they just did not figure out, like, hey, Kevin Durant, it keeps on running right through the middle of the lane. Now, Anthony <laughs> Davis, I'd be like, Anthony, you just play your zone. You can play help defense big time. Like, make sure you're with them. But if you see Anthony Davis, come off the weeks and come help and stuff that ball. And Anthony Davis is great at blocks. Like, he's really good at timing people. So I I hold them at like we're gonna usually because I don't think Davis would do well going one on one the whole time. That's gonna tire him out. That's gonna do a yeah. lot. He's already gonna have to do a lot for his team offensively, right? And all that. Yeah. But if you make him play kind of like a zone kind of defense, but it's you know you you're worrying about the other people. I I think it work perfect. And that, I mean, i really kind of am excited to see this first game now. Like at first, you know, you're kind of like ah, Golden State, you know. Not really. I mean, they, they kind of just do the things. But like, I think, you know, Pelicans can to do something. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, I just uh, re-looked it. So, uh, it's confirmed report. So, Steph uh, practiced at 100% today. So, he's questionable right. still for game one. They have him listen questionable for game one. Most think he's going to probably sit and come back game two. But he practiced at 100% right. today. So, he finally did. But what you saying, I mean, it's rhythm and – not only that, this is playoffs. Like like you said, when he came back in 2016, you could see something. But this is playoff basketball. People are playing more gritty. You're not saying, like, some, something cheap's going to happen and they're going to run knee-to-knee on purpose. But you're going to have Rondo that's out there. He's going to be diving for every ball. I and mean, him and Steph go yeah. down. I mean, Steph, Steph's one bump away from you know, That, that re-triggers. I mean, Rondo's going to be doing everything. Rondo did everything in the past when he used to play for the Celtics, just doing all those great dive plays, defensive plays, like – He's back in his old playoff mode. Then you got Drew Holiday. They're gonna be playing more grittier, not because they know steps coming off of an injury, but this is playoff mode and they're diving for every ball. And these are not just like, oh hey, you know, you got this one last second chance. No, this is every we gotta seize every opportunity. So there's just a lot of things too that go question of like, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get his shot in two or three, but how much is he gonna be defensively, how much is he gonna be active on the ball, like going around driving, because like, – they, you got two like you said. I, I definitely consider them the best defensive backer. I mean, they shut down CJ McCullough and Damian Lillard. I wouldn't say. I mean, not at all times, but you know, each each game they had one at least locked down. So yeah,
0: um, yeah. I mean, they again, pretty much shut down Dame the whole series. I don't. I don't think he scored yeah. more than twenty points in any game.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: it was Big a bummer.
1: One. I mean, I love Damian Lillard, but yeah, they they figured. I mean, they figured it out and all that, but.
0: So it's going to be interesting.
1: I think Golden State has a little bit more bargain now. The only advantage I'll give to him too, besides them having a great superstar too, Kerr is slightly a better coach. Well, yeah, no, not slightly. Yeah. I'm just messing. He's, he's a better coach. So yeah. you're going to have Kerr that's going to try to think of some things. He's definitely going to, you know, that's why I say you've got to seize game one because the game plan is already in line, what they've had written up. Both coaches are like, this is our game plan. We're going in. They're not scrapping it up. They haven't seen each other. they both just watching tape. So this game is where you just come in and it's just like, all right, whose game is going to work better right now? And then game two, you know, it's all about adjustments from that point on. So this is where I think, you know, I'm a Pelicans. I got to go out, do everything, every ball, every loose ball, dive for it, going for anything, going out of bounds, getting that extra, like doing that extra thing out on the court. And they have a lot of people that, that are going to definitely try to make a name for themselves. I mean, all you really know, I mean, we've, out of that team is like three or four of them. I mean, there's other people that are going to make a, make a shot for themselves and, and really show something like do one small, big play for like, that means a lot to, to some games. So Golden not say, do watch out. It's not going to be like the Spurs where they came in and it's kind of dysfunctional. What the hell is going on with the Spurs? This is not the Spurs. So you're just battling a dysfunctional family, like the perfect family. That's just like out of nowhere, getting a divorce. And you're like, What's happening? Like, they were the best, like, the family you, like, rolled yourself off of and, like, wanted to be like. Like, what is going on? So they just knew that. Yeah. But now going into a team that's just, like, we are already.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the Spurs, uh, before we move on, they apparently had a mandatory team meeting today. Um, not, no, no word as to what it was about or anything, but I, I would assume it's probably about Kawhi Leonard and, you know, what he wants. And if he wants to be traded or if he, you know, wants, wants an extension, do the Spurs want to give him an extension? Uh, you know, the the max extension and, you know, all of this different stuff. Um, I, uh, I, I think that could be really interesting. I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting and, you know, just, just to kind of know exactly what's being said and how it's being said and everything and how it's being handled. Um, do you, at this point in time, I have to assume that we all kind of think Kawhi won't be there next year. Am I right in that assumption?
1: Uh, yeah, I think you're possibly right. Now, I think it there could be more than just one person on in that room. I also think this team meeting could be about Popovich's future, man. I mean, sure, just went through a lot. I mean, he just lost his wife. He's going through yep. a lot. You know, maybe it's time that they just blow. I was talking to my buddy, like, what if Parker and Ginobili and everyone's ready to retire? Pop's gone. Kawhi's like, listen, let's Spurs, this is what you should do right now. Poor Lamarck Saldre's like, yo, what's happening? My dog. But I mean, <laughs> you got a bad team. You, you could get it. You're like, what if Coach Bud goes back to the Spurs? I mean, coaches out yeah. there, Bud, Bud knows that system. So there's good coaches yep. out there. I feel like Spurs could be a team, too, that you don't want someone like young, like, you know, we were talking yesterday, like for the Hawks coaches and, and, and all that. No, you'd want someone that's like been in the league before. It's kind of new. like not like, I'm just putting this example, like a Kevin McHale, a Mark Jackson, like a Jeff Van Gunny, like people have actually coached before. So, you know, you still have a solid team. I mean, this team that you have is in the playoffs and if you trade Kawhi Leonard, you're going to have a lot of pieces to do stuff with. And if, those two retire, you get money. So there's some things, I mean, Paul Gasol could too also retire. I mean, there's some things that Spurs, so the Spurs aren't desperate. But I think this could be a change, a turn of the page for the Spurs and into yeah. their next step, because I think it's just the writing's on the wall. And I think all parties should just at once, just not like you see like Kawhi get traded this year, then Ginobili retires and Parkley retires. And then it's like one after the other, they should just all do it at once. And that's what everyone yeah, you know, is. Well, Green could opt out if he wants. He's got that team option. Yep. I don't think he's going to get any more money than that. So, so he should opt read, in. Yeah, yeah so there, there's a lot that – so, you know, that's what they're all probably meeting about. So the Spurs, this could be a different Spurs team than we're used to, but so there's a lot. I got one other thing before we move on, if you don't mind me. I want to throw this out at you. So right. I don't know who – I think it was Bleacher Report came out. It was like six full predictions. I think he's even written something, too. Do you think the New Orleans Pelicans should re-sign DeMarcus Cousins? Like, Bleacher Report put out this, I forgot who wrote it, but he put out this I point where they, they really, it takes away from Anthony Davis's game. Like, you're just clogging yep. him, and he can't be for, like, look at him right now. Like, he's got a, the perfect person to be around him, big guy, that likes to stand at of three and all that, not clogging. Like yep. And so you're having all this, so what do you, What would you do? Like, I, like it really had me questioned because, I mean, I would keep the Boogie Cousins and try to figure out a way, you know, have them with Beatrice now, and you could switch them in and out and not have Anthony Davis and Boogie playing that much, almost like, you know, the Rockets do with Harden and Chris Paul. They, you know, they can run their own yep. time, but they can be out there together if they need it. But it's just that is a yeah. very interesting point that they've been like, what do you do if you're the Pelicans because you're pretty good right now and you don't know yeah, what record. Boogie's hat, like –
0: the record is better without him. I mean, that's just that's just you know. So if you're going by just wins and losses with him versus without him, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear um, that that y- your success uh, with Miritich out there and, instead of Boogie seems to be a lot better. I mean, Miritich is, is just a better three point shooter. He's more confident. DeMarcus Cousins isn't bad. He's just not. He's not really a four spacer. He can space the four, but he's, that's not like he's not going to be comfortable like playing that role. He's not Kevin Love. He's not going to just sit out there. Uh, and why would you pay him that? Like that, you wouldn't pay him to do that. So I don't know, man. I am of the mindset that you resign him and then you trade him. You pull a Blake Griffin on him, <laughs> like honestly, um, just because I think you could get you could get reasonable return, um, and then you're not losing him for nothing. Um, you know, I could see maybe trading him to Washington for, like, an Otto Porter Jr. Um, and some, you know, other assets, you know, maybe Otto Porter Jr. and a first-round pick for Boogie Cousins, who is a big guy with an Achilles injury. Like, I could see Washington being like, yeah, we'll take a shot on that. Like, we have Kelly Oubre. We can plug him in. Tots only got one year left. Ian he he's terrible. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, 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 you know, basically just Shoot for the moon and see. You know if if he, you know, gets better or if he fully recovers or mostly fully recovers from that injury. Um, you know we'll just plug in Ubre at the three, and then you know we've got you know John Wall, Bradley Beal, Kelly Ubre, Marquise Morris, and Demarcus Cousins. Like, so I think there is enough teams out there that would make a trade like that. Um, like, I, I, it just. It really it really depends like too on whether you're willing to go into the luxury tax or not because if you resign him you're going to be a luxury tax team. I tell you what though, you know what my biggest priority would be? I would be trying to get in touch with Paul George's agent and say, "Hey, opt in and request to trade to New Orleans because if we get you, bro, like we don't even have to worry about DeMarcus Cousins. Like sure we we'll sign him if, if the if the money's right, but like Paul George has like a $20 million, uh, uh, player option, you know, so if he, he can go anywhere he wants, just like Chris Paul did last year, just like LeBron James can do this, this off season. Um, and like, if you put him on that team, dude, Rondo, Drew Holiday, Paul George, Nikola Mirotic and, uh, Anthony Davis, like at that point, you don't even need, uh, you don't even need Boogie Cousins. Um, so that, that would be my biggest, like, that would be what I would be trying har- my hardest to do. And even like, even though I don't think he would go there, um, I mean, you could potentially do the same thing with LeBron James um, as well. Uh, they have enough contracts to make, to make a deal happen. Um, it's just the question as to, um, you know, what, what a team is going to be willing to take back and, you know, what, what kind of, how many future draft picks are you willing to attach to it um, it's, you know, to make it worth their while to take taking the salary back when they're losing, you know, either their best player in Cleveland's case or their second best player in uh, in OKC's case. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I like what you just said there with the Paul George. That'd be a really fun team. I mean, they'd be really good. I don't know if anyone, you know, seen New Orleans. I mean, you do got the brow. Annie Davis was great to play around, but it's just, you know, just New Orleans isn't that enticing. But, that would be, be a really good team that just I, – yeah, I I don't know. I wouldn't let them walk, like you said. I Like, I've definitely read out there they're not going to give him the max. They're, they're going to shoot for a two- to three-year deal, which isn't – I yeah. mean, that's, a, that's fine with Boogie, you know. I mean, that could be reasonable. But i definitely try to get something out of them and all that. And there are teams that are going to be willing to do something. I mean, Boogie Cousins were great this year. I mean, at the yeah. beginning of the year, he was close. I mean, he was up there in MVP categories categories. He was I mean, the he was best player a on the lot, team right? at the
0: beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 he's still a great player. It's just, you know, the question. So I think there's a lot of teams that would go out there and definitely strike them. But yeah. So if I'm the Pelicans, I would just re-sign them, not to a max, but to a friendly deal. So there's a chance that I could trade them if I needed to. And, pe- and teams would yeah. be willing to work. we be like, okay, you know, that's not that bad of a deal. You know, it's a three year deal. We can see, you know, if it doesn't pan out with this leg, and he only has one good season out of us. You know, we didn't go into getting this max player for freaking five right. years and paying him $43 million. What is going on? So, I think, yeah, yeah, I think I would sign him, but definitely have him in the back of my mind. And also talk with him, too, Look, like, we, well, you know, we might trade you, but we'll work with you. Unlike the Kings, we'll make sure you go to your best possible thing. Like, where do you want to go? We will try to, like, we'll have A, B, and C. These are the teams we like. Which one do you think you like out of the best?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's possible. I mean, it would be it would be hard to imagine him tr- him you know signing a deal if you told him up front you were, you know, you you might possibly trade him. Um, it would be a stand up move though. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's why I think like you know I think you could convince like that with that Washington trade like like Otto Otto Porter Junior is like way overpaid because um, you know they had to match uh, Washington had to match the nets Brooklyn. the man. Yeah. yeah. Fucking assholes, man. Uh killed it killed uh, um uh well Evan Turner more more or less killed uh killed Portland's uh cat flexibility but um they had to match on Alan Crabb, too. That's why he's getting paid eighteen and a half million dollars. Um but uh yeah they they definitely I I would hate to see him walk for nothing. Now, granted, it's not like he gave up a whole hell of a lot to get him, um, but still, like you, 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 when you have a player that good, like you know, I, I definitely want to see them get something in return. And I think, like, like I said, like getting Otto Porter Jr. He's he's not great, but he's a good, he's a really good three point shooter. He's like forty three percent. He's a pretty decent wing defender. Um, he's just a solid role player, and you get a draft pick. And like, if you're if you're really worried about the Achilles injury and you don't think putting him back on the court maximizes what you can do with Anthony Davis, then I think it's worth it, you know, because you're never going to get like, you know what they say, like you you never get back true value for a superstar. So it'll, it'll certainly be interesting. It's going to be a really fucking interesting off season uh, with all of what's going on. Um, and by the way, I got to say, I, I really do think, Um, The Lakers are going to be the team that gets Kawhi. Um, Mainly because I think what they'll do is they'll just be like, look, we'll give you like Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and the Cleveland pick. And you know what? If you're San Antonio and he doesn't want to be there, like getting Brandon Ingram, is he's going to probably be a really damn good player. He's not going to be Kawhi Leonard but he's going to be a really good player. Josh Hart looks like a pretty good role player. If you can get the number 25 overall pick as well, that means you essentially have a young core to build with of DeJounte Murray, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, two first-round picks where you can draft a four and a five, and then you've got kind of your new roster um, put together, and you you shave a lot of money, shave a lot of salary. And then, you know, if Danny Green opts out and Rudy Gay opts out, then you – you know then you're looking at actually having money to go out on on the free agent market in the near future um so like yeah i, I mean i think i think it's going to be the lakers cuz i think the lakers i ultimately i don't think boston or philadelphia would have enough confidence um it, it, essentially in him re signing uh and if if you didn't get any, any kind of verbal commitment which you know i'm not i'm not certain you're going to get uh, I, I just don't know if you make that deal. Um, do you agree with me? Do you think the Lakers are probably the front runners?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I told it to my Laker friend the whole time.
0: I think, I mean, I don't think that the front runners.
1: I do think Philly might be the one that pulls the trigger too. I, like I put like, Boston at the bottom. I would do that. I, do, I Just because they they have as much assets to trade as. The Boston Celtics, so they have a lot. They have the draft picks. They could, they could give more draft picks and not have to give like a Brandon Ingram. Who cares if you give up a Markel Fultz? You give up a Markel Fultz. Um, give him whatever pick you get this year. If it's the L.A. or the Sacramento, you know, you give him the flip flop, give him something else. Like you can make it get done. Now you have Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, who's a great defensive. You have pretty much the one of the best defensive like lineups with Covington he would have the best Simmons. Defensive lineup. You know, so that'd be really great. And I just, that's why I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard fit better for the Sixers than people like LeBron, LeBron, LeBron should go there. Like, LeBron takes the yeah, ball out no, of Benjamin's hands. That's yeah, not what you want. Too. But I do feel like that Lakers pick isn't better. But my buddy at the Lakers said does not want to trade anyone. I mean, he definitely doesn't want to trade because he thinks, you know, Lakers fans think, why trade when we can decide two max free agents no matter what, especially if we get Luel Deng to finally retire. We have enough money to go out there, so they don't want to have yeah, to give up uh, on uh, Ingram and all yeah, that, uh, Ingram and I a heart. Mean, and then, yeah. Luol Dang so is not going to retire you know,
0: and leave $37 million on the table. That no, he's going to be getting paid
1: money, getting paid tons of money to not even sit on the side of the court. Where is Luol Deng <laughs> the whole season just getting paid to do whatever he wants? I mean, He's hanging out with Kawhi in
0: New York, bro. Yeah, for
1: <laughs> real. He's like, I need to make sure my quad's good. I need to make sure my quad's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I think you either maybe you stretch the little day, or if you miss on all your free agents, I think you could possibly trade him to Denver. Um, Denver has like four uh, expiring contracts. Like, if you were to take Denver, is has to re-sign Barton this year and extend Jokic, which would put him into the luxury tax. Um, if you're the Lakers, you could say, hey, hey look, take Luau Dang off our hands uh, for the next two years at $18 million a year, and we'll take Paul Millsap, who you know barely fucking played for you. He doesn't fit your future. Um, we'll take his $30 million. We'll take Kenneth Fareed's like, $13.7 million and we'll take Daryl Arthur, $7.4 million. So we'll take back $51 million this season, all of which is expiring. If you take on Lual Dang's $37 million over the next two years to keep yourself out of the luxury tax. Um, and no, you like no draft fix. Like, you know, you just essentially you're, you're shaving a bunch of fucking money off your salary um, and then that would free up the Lakers to be able to like essentially re-sign Randall, and then you know go after two two max guys next year when you can go after like Clay and Jimmy Butler and Kawhi, and, you know yada yada yada. Um, but I don't know. I I think they I think they might land Paul George though. I still think Paul George is best. Best landing spot is Philadelphia, uh, but let's move on. We've we've rambled for like thirty minutes and only gotten through one topic. Um, LeBron uh, hit a buzzer beater to lead re- Cleveland to a ninety-eight ninety-five victory over the Pacers last night. Uh, he had a fucking amazing game. Um, now, granted. That was a goal. down the stretch. I didn't catch it at the time. I don't know if you did. Um, it I totally just. It was such a bang 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 play. It looked like a block to me. Um, but like, here's the thing. It, like for for Pacers fans, number one, you lost by three. You didn't lose by two. So don't act like that made the difference in the final score of the game. Now, if you want to say sure that you know there would have been more pressure, you know whatever, if the game wasn't tied, okay, fine. But you still lost by three. Second. Victor Oladipo just stood at the top of the of the uh, key and dribbled for like twenty seconds almost before he made a move to get at the basket, trying to run out the clock instead of working the ball around to get a good shot. Um, so, I, like, I don't want to hear any shit like from from any either LeBron haters or um, or just Pacers fans uh, about you know that, that they got robbed in that game because like you just you're just got out play. Victor Oladipo played like shit again. Uh like I, I know you saw my, my post. I was like I I was ready I was ready to give him the nickname Crown Vic. Like I thought like he's like this this awesome undercover talent and he's gonna steal LeBron's crown. Like uh gonna be like the only team that ever beat LeBron in the first round. Like and I had to, like, basically eat crow and be like, nah, he's bricked brick girl of Adipo. Like, dude could not drain anything last night. It was so bad. Um, and LeBron just brought it. 14 of 24 from the field. 10 of 15 from the free throw line. This is a guy who's never shot 80% from the line in his life. Made all 15 free throws. He had uh, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, a block, uh, and, well, statistically he had a block he was really a goaltend, but nevertheless, um, and he hit the game winner. Like he was just, it, it was such a magnificent performance. And I was, I was like cussing out the television the whole time. Cause I like want Indiana to win. I like, I was like one of few people who even expected them to make the playoffs this year. So I love the fact that they're playing well. Um, and I very rarely root, root for LeBron. Um, but, like, you just, you just got outplayed. Like, the King outplayed you, and Kyle Korver got hot and, and shot five of nine from three. Um, that was pretty much it, because everybody else on the team sucked. Uh, but LeBron just he just willed his team to victory, and it was just another amazing performance. Before I pass it over to you, uh, Victor Oladipo shot two of 15 from the field. Two of 15, one of seven from three. Um, yeah, that's that's not gonna get it done. Like, I, so, I, I, like, I don't want to hear shit about a, a blown call at the end of the game when it was, you know, such a such a bang bang call, and you play you, your best player played like shit, and the other team's best player played, you know, one of the best games of the season. So, uh, yeah, my, those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Luke? Oh
1: no, Indiana fans have nothing to say. Even with the, like you said. They lost by three. So no matter what, you would have lost by one. First off, I was yelling at the screen because the two coaches like switch role positions, like Tyron Lue, at the end of the game, like, hey, maybe we should stop running double teams on Victor Oladipo and having this debate." So here's what Pacers fans should really think. Sabonis was your number one scorer. This kid is a second-year player, what that right there is you guys are losing if a guy off the bench is your top scorer at 22 points. So there's something. So if Tyrone Lewis like, maybe I should stop doubling up Victor Oladipo and play man, and that was a very smart idea. And if you are, like, the Jazz, like, I, I mean, like, not the Jazz, the Pacers, I'm sorry, how do you not see – LeBron, like, I wouldn't even cover the ball. Hey, no, I don't care who's throwing it. It could be Kevin Love or Kyle Corver to do a little flip-off. No, nah, I'm putting two people on LeBron following him because it's LeBron. Like, I thought he was going to do a step-back. Like, his little – because LeBron loves taking deep threes, but he literally just pulled it up right in his face. And I was just like, man, yeah, that's LeBron being LeBron, scoring 44 points of his team's 98. I mean, dude, he's doing everything right now. Victor Depot yeah. is doing – I mean – Yes, granted, it was on the road, so Victor could bounce back, but, like, you need more out of your players. If this is your number one player. I mean, obviously, yep. you can't have a guy coming off the bench play like that's not used to playing 33 minutes, that's having to play, oh, like, more time for you guys because he's the number one scorer for you. So, it's just, there's a lot of, Pacers definitely, I mean, I still think that Pacers can shake this one out in seven. I mean, they have nothing to worry about. I mean, they could definitely take this one back at home. Every team's winning on the home court. I mean, LeBron's definitely, you might see another LeBron again. I mean, I don't know how we can see another one from game two in this game, but he could definitely drop 50 if he needs to. And he knows, he knows how to close out games too. So you're going to have that and close out LeBron. But I think if it does go back to seven, Indiana definitely showed that they're not scared to play on the road at all. I mean, they won already on the road, even though they lost one at home. So I think, I mean... There's a lot you just need more out of Victor Oladipo. You like you said, you cannot be shooting those numbers two. You say two for yeah, he's two for fifteen and one yeah. from seven from the three-point line. No, yeah. dude, you need to turn that around. That is not acceptable. I'm sorry, Indiana fan. Like I'm not like trying to shun on you guys. I mean, yeah, that was a goaltending, but who cares? You lost by like you would have lost by a point anyways. But your team. Besides playing defensively, it's still really good defensively. You can't figure out LeBron, but they're they're literally doing what we were saying that uh Pelicans should do with Golden State. Like they're trying to have LeBron beat him, which LeBron is unfortunately right. beating him. But <laughs> <Yeah>. so, but, <laughs> but there's just a lot to that game. I mean, they just weren't feeling it offensively. Thaddeus Young did pretty good at the towards the end of the game of shutting LeBron down and then the uh, last player it's like, Okay, what happened? So they're just yeah. I don't really have any. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely had a solid game. in just, in just that last play. It's just there's just a lot of like this. Indiana's a good defensive team, and it just looked like they were mm-hmm. shut down. I don't know, if Miles Turner was in foul trouble or what, but he did not get out there at all at the end of the the fourth. No. Like towards the end of the, he was and in, I didn't understand. He was it. in
0: foul trouble. He had five fouls. Um, and I think I I, I honestly liked the decision because. They had him out in the fourth, and he got that fifth foul. And then they decided to bring in Thaddeus Young because he kind of had the hot hand, and Sabonis had the hot hand. So I, I actually liked that decision for them, just for that particular game, to go with those two guys. And because you had like seven and a half minutes, I think, when he drew that fifth foul left in the game. And so I think what they what they were kind of angling to do was to basically say, all right, we need to find our rhythm going down the you know the, the last eighth of this basketball game. I don't want to keep Miles Turner in there, have him foul out with three minutes left, and then ask Thaddeus Young to come in and not have rhythm. Um, so, like, I actually I thought that was a good decision on Nate McMillan's part, um, and just the fact that I mean Sabonis was your was your top scorer, and Thaddeus Young was eight of nine from the field, um, so just highly efficient uh, and. You know, and like you said, he, had, he he did his best to try to guard LeBron James. Like that's just such a tough task. Um, but yeah, I mean, LeBron just won this one. They 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 pretty much. I mean, he's he's now had two games where he did everything himself, uh, and and even the third game that they they have, he did almost everything. Um, so yeah, it, it what's re- you know what's really crazy though is like Cleveland. Cleveland's defense has been reasonably good. Um, or let me say this. Maybe that's maybe not the right way to characterize it. Um, uh, the amount of points that they've given up has been surprisingly low. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily good defense or if it's just you know, Victor Oladipo shooting 10 of 15 in this game, and I think he was 4 of 15 in the last game. Uh, so that's just killing them. Um, they, they really need Oladipo to step up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is surprising. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think, do you think Cleveland, if they win this series Oh, and also I said, whoever won game five in this series and whoever won game five in Boston, Milwaukee would win the series. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, and I, I predicted both Boston and Cleveland would win those game fives and they did. Um, But uh, but if if Cleveland advances and they play Toronto, um, are you banking on Cleveland's like uh, just just overwhelming success against Toronto, similar to like their overwhelming Lebron's at least overwhelming success against the Pacers, or would you favor Toronto in that matchup?
1: No, unfortunately, I mean not unfortunately because I do not like. I mean, I think LeBron's a great player, but I do not like the Cavs at all. So, no, I think it the one year Toronto might actually finally take out the drag, like the the big head of Wolf, you know, finally get over yeah. the hump. I mean, they're looking at this, this series and, like, yo, they're doing been way too much out of LeBron. They've been doing it all season, playing him tons of minutes. Tons of minutes. He's finally going to get catch up. We need to seize the opportunity. So, who cares about LeBron? Our whole team is figuring it out. And DeRozan – See, Indiana is yeah. Cleveland's been playing some good defense, but Indiana is not an offensive team. Like they're right. they're just a good, solid. Like they play as a team, they play in the system. They're good defensively. That's why I say they need to get scored. They have the money that they can go out this this offseason too to get someone. So they need a, they need something. They need another score because Victor Oladipo he can do it, but he's not. He's I don't want to put him on the Joe Johnson because it's my favorite thing to always say. Put people on the Joe Johnson like <laughs> a tier, but I mean, he, he could be like that. Like, yeah, you're going to have those great games, but yeah, stick to all the deep, but there you are. I mean, he's going to play solid defensively, no matter what, but he's not, he's not the offensive player that you need him, like that you wish that he could be that he's not going to, I don't think he's going to, he's still very young, but I don't think he's going to turn the page like Kawhi Leonard did. Like, you know, when Kawhi was all defense, 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 and then finally you saw two years ago where you're like, Oh man, he knows what he's doing on offense and Kawhi could right. be, MVP in, like, one or two seasons. So, right. I think, you know, Pacers should uh, should be happy right now. I've definitely, Toronto should be happy the way that the, the Cavs are playing just. I just don't understand, like, how <laughs> they doesn't have more consistency out of these players. I mean, LeBron is bringing it every night and doing so His much. The second-best player is
0: Kyle Korver. That yeah, tells you I everything say, you need to
1: know. <laughs> I was going to say, this is not piss you off, dude. So, listen to this. Cal is the second-best player there. The two people from Philly that are doing great and,
2: and Bellinelli <laughs> and so
1: these are all ex-Hawks, man. What is going on hey, with all these ex-Hawks least, players? Hey, Corbett's doing great for us. Like, gosh, man, thank Like, Hawks Create at at a lot of people got, at
0: at least we actually got assets for Corver. <laughs> like
1: true, we didn't true. get anything yeah, didn't. for those
0: other three guys. So like, we're, uh, well, I guess we did kind of end up getting, um, getting an asset for, uh, for Millsap. Um, so it was like in the most roundabout way. It had less to do with MILSAP and more to do with, uh, them shipping out Gallinari so they could sign MILSAP and then, uh, us taking on uh, Jamal Crawford uh, with the Houston pick, um, so it was, it's not not directly related to Mills. but we at least got something out of that when we didn't even have him, you know, signed on. So, um, so you know that one's uh, okay. But uh, no, it didn't really piss me off. In fact, like the Sixers, you know they're they're my they're my team too. Uh, so the fact that they're just playing so well right now, I love it. Um, So, uh, but before we get to them, uh, we got to talk about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook just fucking went off last night. Um, You know, if LeBron James, you know, hadn't hit a buzzer beater uh, to win the game, I mean, I definitely easily think Russ's performance would would be the standout performance of the night. Um, He was magnificent. The Thunder were down by 25 points in the third quarter and battled back to beat the Jazz one oh seven to ninety nine. Uh Russ basically just said, No, we're not losing this game. And, you know, I, I'm a big Russell Westford fan and have struggled to defend him this season. <laughs> um, like because I love the guy. I love that he plays at one hundred and ten percent. Why do I say that? I hate when people say that. He always plays at one hundred percent. There is no extra ten percent. Just leave it at one hundred. Um, but he's he's such a dynamic player, and he's such a like. There's such a weird dichotomy with him because you see the talent, you see how good he is, and yet like you also you have all of these examples of these different players through a. a a slew of various examples but seem to perform better when they're on other teams um and it's like how many examples does does it take for you to finally say yeah maybe Russ yeah may, maybe people are right about Russ um but I you know I still I still kind of defend him um and last night it just kind of gave me the like just just the, the like energy to to carry on with my defense of uh Russell Westbrook. Granted, he took 39 shots uh which which is why he had 45 points. Um but he was he was 5 of 9 from 3 and 12 of 25 from mid-range or further. So adding in mid-range shots shots and threes. He was he was 50% from like from like mid-range to three-pointers like when's the last time that fucking happened um like he's so quintessential like he drives me crazy chucking up three-pointers sometimes um hate when they drop it's awesome uh he shot six and six from the free throw line which is kind of sparse but he like i said he took a lot of three-pointers in uh in mid-range uh 15 boards uh seven assists did have five turnovers but you know i mean he, he ball was in his hands um, the biggest thing that I liked about this game was Billy Donovan finally got the balls to say, you know what, I'm, not, I'm done. I, like, my job's on the line. I am done trying to cater to Carmelo Anthony, who has played the worst basketball of his life in these, in these five playoff games. Um, excuse me, uh, yeah, yeah, five. Um, and essentially was just like, no, I'm not going to play it. He played 25 minutes. Uh, He shot two of six. Uh, Going down the stretch, they just played Jerry and Grant, um, who he's not going to do much for you in the way of scoring. But the thing is, if you don't have Carmelo out there and you don't feel like you have to get him shots, that gives Westbrook and Paul George more shots. Um, So I, I hope... I hope he just doesn't play him in the next game. Like, honestly, I think your team, you have a better shot at winning if you play Jerry and Grant. And then maybe you bring Melo out on the floor uh, for, you know, the time that that Russ and PG are resting. But that would only be effective if Melo bought into it, and I don't see him buying into that. So I would just bench his ass and play Patrick Patterson, uh, give Jerry and Grant his minutes, and have Patrick Patterson take Grant's minutes um, because – Dude, he's he's been fucking garbage. That 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 is probably to me the biggest reason that OKC is down in the series is Carmelo Anthony. Um, but what are your thoughts on the win, the series, Russell Westbrook? And you know what? I, I did all that rambling and I didn't even mention Paul George, who also had a fucking terrific game. Hit 34 points on 12-26 shooting. Uh, wasn't super effective from three, but he did make a couple of them. Um, solid solid rebounding night. Uh, and a couple steals and a block, um, but yeah. What are your thoughts?
1: I oh, know. it was a great game. I was glad it came back, but and everything. And Russell Westbrook, great third quarter, definitely turned it on and all that. But dude, the OKC is done. I'm sorry, like I definitely <laughs> was the one advocating and all that. But if I'm the Jazz, I'm not worried about this at all. We were up 20 in your in your stadium. We were we were winning, so we didn't really have to. We didn't really care that you went on this run. And there's a lot that you said that I was going to point out. I'm glad you pointed out numbers. So, Paul George took 26 shots. Russell Westbrook took 39. That's 65 shots those guys took. That's crazy amount of shots. You want to hear another crazy number? Their bench only had ten points altogether. So uh, if (laughs) I'm the Jazz, I am not worried at all. I would let Paul George and Russell Westbrook try to beat me again. I mean, besides this game, those two have also been miserable. I mean, they at one point those three. So they were the three lowest scoring people in. In the fourth – no, I'm saying in the fourth quarter, they've had the three lowest oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell – before this game, they, Russell was averaging three points, Paul George was averaging three points, and Carmelo was averaging 1.6 points. In the fourth quarter, <laughs> that is terrible numbers. That is, what are you doing? You guys are supposed to be superstars. If I'm a job, I'm like, I don't care that they came back and won. Woo, you can ride this l- this bus, we were beating you on your court and almost going to beat you 4-1. to one. We're going back to Utah where we're comfortable, and our defense is really good, and Jay Crowder, oh, I was loving it, man. Jay Crowder was looking like the old Boston Jay Crowder, like he's finally like comfortable on the team, and he understands the system and all that. He's the perfect system for Jay Crowder. He's not looking like every other Celtic that gets traded and just kind of vanishes, like, Crowder's having a great game and all that. Like I'm not worried what Russell Westbrook did. I was telling my friend, like, <laughs> I... I'm not worried because Russell Westbrook and Paul George have to literally mimic that game again to beat me. That's what they have to do because, like you said, Carmelo yeah. Anthony is miserable. And not just, does Billy Donovan have the balls out to play him? No. Billy Donovan, do you have the balls to sit? I would just not start him. I'd not put him on the starting lineup. i put Jeremy Grant out there and have Melo coming off the bench and be like, dude, yeah, if yeah, we're going to yeah, figure yeah. out something, it's you coming off the bench, and that's maybe a way that we can come back and win this Cause Obviously, our bench is terrible. There's no one scoring on the bench. You're terrible, and you're you're really bad, like right now, and you're just not that good defensively. So you're not that. At least Grant gives us some defensive flexibility to that. We're losing with you out there, so that could help us out. And you can maybe figure out and become the sixth man. I mean, we'll play you less minutes, but you're coming off the bench and Melo just score and all that. Like Billy Donovan should out the balls of New because that's the only way they're winning this series. I mean. Like I said, I'm yep. not worried. If I'm at all like the Jazz. I mean, I love that. What's his face? Um, Donovan Mitchell is just like, after next game, we'll see you next year. And I'm like, ballsy, man, dude. Like, <laughs> wow. You just, uh, yeah, you just tweeted that out to a guy named Russell Westbrook, who is very mean and can just decide to just punish rims. You're going to write that? But they shouldn't be worried at all. They're lucky, too, that – the refs, I mean, the refs uh, uh, in all games in general have just been really bad and just skewing games, and I hate when refs. But why else did uh, R- Rudy Gobert have five early fouls that just made him sit in that whole run? Like, you gave him quick five fouls. They're, like, right at the second, and that's when they go on this run, and then Dick Favor had five fouls. Like, that was just, like, some iffy calls, and I hate when they're just, like, some iffy calls. But Rudy Gobert not going to be in foul trouble. He's going to definitely learn his lesson and all that, like, this whole game was just Russell Westbrook and Paul George pulled a rabbit out of a fucking hat, and they're magicians right <laughs> there. Like, there's no other words to say it. Like, that whole other team, you want to you, you hear a team and like a worthy team that lost? Here's a starting five for the Jazz. Favors, 10 points. Ingles, 16. Rudy Gobert, 11 points. Uh, Rubio, 10 points. Donovan Mitchell, 23. That's a team. Oh, wait, we'll go to their bench. One person on their bench had 27 points. So not only did he outscore your 10-point bench, he way outscored your 10-point bench. So I'm not worried <laughs> at all if I'm a Jazz fan. Like, I have five players that are playing really great basketball that understand the system and all that. So if I'm them, I'm just like, okay, they, they want, we were beating them by 20. Yeah, they, they came back. Oh, you know, we left this thing. I wouldn't let it get to my head at all. I'd be like, bro, they had to do this. They literally had to go to Russell Westbrook. Like you said, sit on Anthony, go to Russell Westbrook and be like, Hey, you know how you've always wanted to shoot 40 times in a game? You've got the green line. He's like, oh, what, Coach, for real? I'm allowed to shoot these? And Like you said, I mean, a lot were knocking down. I mean, I I used to hate it when Wes would play with Durant and he would just shoot these threes, and I'd be like, Russ Durant is wide open, and he knows how to shoot a three. You just drive. You should just be driving. That's why, uh, dude, it baffles me that, OKC okay, so could have had all three Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. They did things right, but in the end, they should have just traded Westbrook and not, not Harden. Harden and Durant would have worked perfectly. Yeah, well hindsight's each 2020 other. there. And yeah. 2020, yeah, no, I know completely. But Russell Westbrook is a great player. Don't get me wrong. I just think, you know, he needs different pieces. I do think he's kind of LeBronix that it's hard to play around him, man. He's a great player. Don't yep. get me wrong. I mean, we're not going to really see people doing triple doubles again. And especially going back to back season I mean seasons, but there's people like him and Steven Adams could play together, but no, I mean Paul George, you know Paul George plays good around him when he ha- when he's not having to do as much on the defensive end. That um under uh that injury earlier this year. Yeah. To Robertson just yeah. really hurt them. So it put more pressure on Paul George. So but yeah, Mellow's miserable. I would if Philly Donovan has a job next year, I'm definitely going to Mello and be like, bro, you're not starting on my team if you want to play. Whether you're coming off the bench, you're going to be on a restricted minute list. I'll write some plays up to you. You'll be up in three threes. Please work on your shot and hit a three if I'm going to write you up. You a play, what I would but you are, You're – what?
0: I would, uh, I would essentially try to uh, – I'm assuming, like, let's just play under the assumption that LeBron leaves Cleveland – I would see if I could attach, like, Terrence Ferguson to him, like a quality young player, and trade him, trade him to the Cavs for Kevin Love and the Cavs can just buy him out. Like, something like that. Try it. Like, like I know Terrence Ferguson. I know OKC fans love him because of the athleticism and everything else. But there's a reason he's not playing right now. He's not ready. Like, and, you, you like, you, you need to put some talent around Russ. Um and I think Kevin Love would actually be great for them. He's I mean he's a spot up shooter. Like he would be the kind of I would do that and I would try to get Courtney Lee. Like that I think that's a team that could actually complement Westbrook. Um, you're not gonna win a title with that team, but like you know you have you have Russ, you have shooters at the two and the four. And you got Adams who's a brick house, and then you got Robertson who can defend. Like that's. That's probably like your best case scenario for a team like OKC, and at least, at least uh, uh, Russ and and Love played together in college. So like maybe that. I mean, uh, granted, we if <laughs> we saw how that played out with with Love and, and Isaiah Thomas, you know, having played together in AAU, that that didn't work out. So th- that's probably not really that important. It was probably a little overrated, um, but nevertheless, like. I don't know. I mean, if you're Cleveland, if you can get a young player and then get an expiring contract that you can just buy out, like, I don't think, I don't think there's any way Melo turns down his player option. I do think he would be willing to leave a little bit of money on the table to be able to just pick his team and pick where he gets to go. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's probably what I would try to do. Uh, You know what else is funny as far as like hindsight, this team would have been so much better off if they just never traded for Melo. Like, I, I don't get me wrong I, it's not like I was like saying it at the time, but if they had just kept kept cantor as you know their their backup center and then started Jerry and Grant and then had patrick Patterson as their backup uh they they would be so much better like not having mellow on that team all season would have made life so much easier not not as far as like off the court type shit, just like just as far as like playing basketball um and cantor was like was like your your best team guy. Like he was he was I mean, he's he's great like everybody loves Ernest Cantor who plays with him. Um because he's always got your back, uh, no matter what, and he's just like fans fans love him. He's probably like one of my favorite players, not as far as how he plays, but as far as, you know, his mentality and what he means to his team. Uh so yeah, I I think I think that's gonna be like one of the things that we all all look back on and be like, that is your, that's like your second worst thing, Presti. Obviously your worst thing is trading James Harden, but like trading for Carmelo Anthony completely ruins your chance of like winning and being able to keep Paul George. Like you made, you made a good trade with the Paul George trade. um, But like ultimately you weren't able to keep him because you got greedy and you went after Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Uh, do you think I'm right there? Do you think put it this way? Do you think that do you think that they would have they would have more opportunity for success in the playoffs had they not traded for him and played the whole year without him and everybody kind of got used to their roles?
1: I don't know, dude. You're 100 percent true. I mean, this is another hindsight 2020. I mean, dude, this is a miserable trade. I mean, at first, you know, you're like. Oh yeah, you got your fans back. If you're like, we're getting Paul George and we're getting Melo, we're gonna do it, Melo. And then it just Melo just been on this slow roller coaster ride down ever since he got to the Knicks. <laughs> I feel like the Knicks kind of, I feel bad, but the Knicks kind of just overran Melo. Like when they put him, when he had to start playing power forward a ton more, it was just way too much for Melo, and it just slowly put him on this like decline quickly. And yeah, like no, Ennis kander hundred percent, would be way better for them right now. I mean. This guy is a great, like, offensive rebounding player. He can play defense. Yeah. He's gonna help out Stephen Adams. Yeah, Adams, he, and and can't, Adams can probably, he can't
0: really play defense. Well, no, like, <laughs> wait. Well,
1: no, no. I'm, I mean, he can't. But I don't know. I mean, someone that fights for the ball at That the board like, just so that I yeah, can de- de- that definitely much. better than Melo. <laughs> and, and giving and giving Stephen Adams just you know a little bit of rest and timing. Mean, yeah, yes, it would have been way better for them. The team would have been. Uh, you know, probably working a lot better together. But, you know, it's it's all high side if I am pressing I, I I would I would definitely do that with, with Cleveland. I mean, especially if you you say LeBron leaves, I mean, that makes sense for both sides all around. I mean, Kevin Love would be good with Russ Book because and even if Paul George stays, he's just a guy that's just like, hey, I'm gonna just stand in the three point line. I'll knock down some threes. I'm just been injured. That's why I'm kind of been like looking little flaky in these playoffs, but I, you know, I had a solid year. I just injured myself, but so I would, it does make sense. I don't, I do think if, if the Thunder are able to hold Paul George, they would have to do some things and Mello going to the bench or trading is one of the viable options. Or even if Paul George walks, you definitely are not like, Oh, Hey, no. Yeah. You're the one that's staying out of this big trade. i no, you're gone (laughs) too, bro. Like we're going to find you a home. That is not our home anymore, man. Like, yep. you should go and maybe retire. Like, you embarrass yourself <laughs> this season. And well, I, and I, I think, mean, I hope Mel can figure it thing, out. But
0: I, I th- And I think the biggest thing that it would take to get – because he still has a, a, a no-trade clause. Like, he kept that when he came to OKC, so they can't just trade him wherever they want. Not that anybody's going to want him. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, I think the biggest thing is just – if you can attach some kind of assets to get a player back and then the team, all they want to do is get it because it's expiring and they can buy him out, um, Like that—that's—that's. That's, I think that's the only way you're going to move him um, because any of the teams he would want to go play for aren't going to want to trade for him. I mean, dude, Houston's got to be like just fucking shit-eating Grims on their face because they did not. Like, I would so much rather have... Ryan Anderson and Carmelo Anthony. Ryan Anderson can make 35-foot jump shots. Carmelo Anthony can't make 15-foot jump shots anymore, like. So, like, yeah, I I I mean, I definitely think that they're happy that they, you know, did not that, that the Knicks weren't willing to take that contract essentially. Um, but uh but yeah, it's like it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I don't think there's any way Paul George stays. I I will see this I I do think, I do think that they could still win this series. And if they win this series and they somehow manage to make uh, a series out of Houston, like maybe take it six, you know, at least get a win. Um, And talk if they took it seven, like, yeah, then maybe I could see Paul George signing a one and one and just, you know, seeing what maybe Presti can do. Um, uh, Short of that, I don't think so, and I am inclined to agree with you. I think Utah's going to win game six. Uh, okay, so you haven't been able to beat them on their floor yet, and, you know, they pretty much um, – I, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, especially Russell Westbrook, um, but even Paul George, like those their shooting numbers are unsustainable. Um, I don't, I don't know that you – you catch lightning in a bottle like that, like once in a series, um, and and you know it's good that they didn't get beat at home. But I, I, if I was betting, I would definitely bet on Utah to win that game. Uh, but let's move on. We got the uh, the Rockets. They have eliminated the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, saw this coming, uh, you know. Rockets. They. I think the most impressive thing, obviously, is the, is not the, in the closeout game, but in game four, they have fifty points in a fucking quarter. Um, which was amazing. Um, which is like that's what the Rockets can do when they get hot. They can do that. Um, the Rockets are really scary to me because I I don't feel like they've gotten even their best performances out of any of their guys yet. Um, we saw it for that quarter where they got fifty points, um, but like, dude, I I think I think they're gonna be really interesting uh I, I think whoever wins out of the next series it, the rockets will beat them. Um, I think it, they should be a very interesting matchup for Golden State, especially if Curry's not at hundred percent, and if somehow New Orleans sneaks by, um, I think that could be a really interesting matchup because, as you mentioned earlier, they do have Capella who you know essentially made Carl Anthony Towns worthless in that series. Uh, And he could, he could definitely be a guy to threaten Anthony Davis. Um, And it would just be, it would be so much fun to watch Rondo and holiday, uh, you know, try to do what they did to Dame and CJ uh, to Chris Paul and James Harden. Like, man, I'm just so crossing my fingers that, that uh, Golden State loses mainly because I just don't want to see Golden State again. Uh, But also because that matchup, I just think would be so much fun to watch. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Houston is definitely going to make the, the – I think Chris Paul's is definitely going to see his first Western Conference Finals. Uh, I, I don't think Utah has, has the players. I think I would probably if, – if I'm Houston, I would probably rather play OKC um, just because Utah's defense is a little bit scary. Um, but, you know, I, I, no matter what, I'm still feeling confident because, one, I got James Harden who is, like, just such an elite shooter. Uh, and two, I've got Chris Paul, who is one of the best uh, drive towards the bucket and pull up and take a mid-range jump shot, which that is not what Rudy Gobert... like. Rudy Gobert is great at protecting the paint. He doesn't usually, like, come out to that mid-range game. Um, like, he's less effective if you can, like, consistently hit mid-range and jump shots and three pointers. Um, and that's what they can do, uh, that backcourt. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them having a shot either, but I think I would maybe give them a slight edge, uh, over OKC. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, in general too, like Minnesota, um, in the off season, like what, what, what do you see them doing? Do you think Ted's job is safe? Um, both president of basketball operations and coach, um, and uh, yeah, where your, your thoughts
1: in Houston? Oh, I will definitely get into Minnesota's <laughs> off teams, but yeah. first off, I mean uh, the right was on the wall for them. I mean, like you said, they had the scoring that one third quarter a couple games ago, two games ago. So, and like you said, they haven't really gotten the best performances out of Harden and all that. So, Minnesota was lucky like I don't know like a lot of teams should be the Rockets right now like Golden State a couple of years ago but they also still have Golden State and where they're just like they're a really good scoring team like they're not going to play defense I mean they will play some defense but they're going to try to outscore you to death and they are really good at doing it and they yeah just and they'll try play to just, they'll
0: play better defense when they get Bob Mute back he's probably like one of their best defenders Um, so they miss him yeah oh yeah definitely
1: They've been been missing him big time, so that'll be a big plus. But, I mean, just no matter what, I mean, their their game plan is score. Let's score. Score, 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 score. score, score. And they got two people are great at him. Like you said, you got Harden that is just either going to sauce you to death with an old slow man, like, move where you're just like, how? And yes, dude, ridiculous. (laughs) Or he's just going to just jade in your face because Harden is just going to just jade in your face. And I love, like, CP3, dude, has one of the greatest, like you said, like, drive in, stop little – He's got a tiny little step, like that little jump step that he does, like back, you know, like he'll just like – he'll just back step oh, it. just got He knows how to just – he knows how to shoot it over people, too. It doesn't matter if it's the center or anything. He's just – he's a small guy knows how to play small ball. So he's just really good at it. So, Houston, yeah, um, I feel like OKC – I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. I want to say OKC would be the better team possibly the matchup. but the way they've been playing, I feel like the Jazz are just a more – you're getting a defensive team versus an offensive team. What's going to win? Is defense going to win an offense? Now, it could pan out where <clears throat> if you're not getting these games like the, uh, out of Harden and Chris Ball like in the first series, it could come close where, you know, the Jazz have been sticking with you. They're not letting you score 122 points. It's going to be like a, a 110-104 game. Like you're barely beating them, but they could also beat you because they do have – I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been playing really, really good, dude. Like, not just, like, rookie good. Like, he's just understanding what he needs to do. So, it's just the Rockets, I still think, will get by no matter what. Maybe you get challenged to a sixth game. But they're just all cylinders are just going right now. I mean, any anyone has the confidence to take a shot on their team. I mean, you got people on their bench that can do it. It just it, – it, it comes from all – all angles, and they play a lot of people, dude. I mean, to. I mean, so it's not just the six-man usually system. So they got, a couple, they, they got a couple people that can get it each night off the bench. So th- there's that. But going to the Timberwolf side, man, Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau. There's one person. There's two other – there's three of you guys that are categorized in my mind for the worst coaches in the playoffs. It's you, my friend. It's Tyron Lue and it's Billy Donovan. You yeah, might be up there that. over Tyron Lue right now on the worst coach because you have a kid in Carlton Towns where you just did not know how to get him involved offensively at all. Yeah, the last game he finally did it where he went 23-14, but why weren't you getting those every night from this kid? I mean, that you're... There's not a lot of people. I mean, you Cucopel is a great center, like defensive center, but he's not like Collin Towns should be winning that matchup every time. And Collin yep. Towns got a good shot and all that too. So you just you he
0: just he keep his Three point shooter, and they didn't let him take threes. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't make any fucking it, sense. I don't care if he's seven feet tall. He shoots over forty percent from three point. Like let the guy shoot. <laughs>
1: it's just. Tom should just do the right thing. So, he's made some great off-season moves. I think me and you talked about it. Like, he was great as a GM. Like, you can't balance the two. It's very hard to balance the two positions. I mean, every person I think that have had it lately. Detroit will probably take away from Jeff, uh, I mean, from Sam Van Gundy. But, uh, yeah. Doc got to take it away from him. And I think that's for the better. He had his best coaching year. What the States is doing, some good moves. Uh, over there, uh, Freak well, Jerry West is doing some great moves. You look at like, yep. everyone who's had that bud, got it taken away from him in the Hawks. Everyone that it's just too much. And Thibodeau is a good GM. Like, he understands it, and he's a good coach, like, defensively, and he can help out, like, you know, with the GM. But you're just not a good coach at all, man, like, offensively. Like, you're miserable. You're the only person that runs your players to death, to death. Like, runs them absolutely just to no, no point of return. And just, yep. I think Minnesota is so close. Like, they've got it a good foundation, but they have to do some trades. And one of them is Andrew Wiggins. You're just not it for us, man. Go do it for someone yep. else. Like, yeah, you can score buckets for us. Whoopie, dude. You do not do anything. He Okay, yeah, he had 14 points where you're like, okay, you know, he's their third-leading scorer. But So, you know, you kind of oh, – actually, 4th lead, So, someone scored Jamal Crawford, But, you know, you, you, you're getting at least points. You know what he did? He did a negative 16. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> everyone's going to go negative against the Rockets when it's going to 122, but what? Dude, you are just the worst for the defensively out there. Like, And he doesn't there's shoot no threes. Reason he, they need a, no, he they, does not shoot.
0: They need a guy who can knock down threes, which is still why I go back to that well of that Evan Fournier, Jonathan Isaacs trade, and whatever machination you need to make it happen, um, if you can make that happen. I mean, you also got – Justin Patton, who you can throw in there. You you've got um, uh, the OKC pick. You have uh, Cole Aldridge, who it, it, it's interestingly enough, he's eight million dollars uh, salary, but he's only guaranteed two million. So you could potentially use that as like a, um, we'll, we'll, you know, you take Cole Aldridge and we'll take back some, you know, maybe some salary that you don't necessarily see fitting long-term, and then you can wave Cole Aldridge, and it frees up a lot of cap space. Like you've saved $6 million in cap space by doing that. Um, so, I mean, so, yeah, I agree with you. I like your Kimba trade, too. Um, my only concern there is you're just already knocking on the door of the luxury tax, and then you'd have to pay Kimba Walker max, well, maybe not max money, but, I mean, I feel like you'd have to at least pay Andrew Holiday money next year. Um, and then you're definitely in the luxury tax. Um, so that's, that, that, that would be what would concern me with that trade. Um, but regardless, yeah, you've you got to move them. You, you have to get somebody who can hit threes. You're the worst three-point shooting team in the playoffs. Um, you, you need somebody who can, you know, shoot 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, and you need some wing depth. They have to use their player exception uh, this season and get some fucking quality wing depth. And yeah, I agree with you. Tibbs, Tibbs would be, I, I think he's done a reasonably good job as GM. He's made pretty decent moves in, in my opinion. Um, I, I think giving Gorgie Jang $14 million a year, uh, to start, um, he's making, it's going up from there, uh, was a mistake, but a lot of people are making those mistakes in, in that off season. Um, so it's understandable. Uh, and they thought they had a little more time to bide, uh, as far as, you know, at the time they didn't know they were gonna be trading for Jimmy Butler. Um but yeah, they they've I I, I would I would love to see him basically be like, you know what, like I I'm I'm done coaching, like I I'm just gonna do the GM work and then y'all bring in uh like or, or let me hire a, a a coach, you know, even I would even be down with that if I was if I was them like Bring in a David Fizdale, or you know, or you know, maybe even like you know somebody who who's yet to coach. Bring in a Jerry Stackhouse, you know. Um, yeah, I could see a lot of different scenarios like that working. Um, you know, I I would I would probably opt for a more experienced coach, like you were saying with the Spurs, um, just because this this year is so important because you don't want to lose Jimmy Butler in free agency. Um, but yeah, they Tibbs. Like, God bless you, man, like, but you're too old school. You can't play your guys 40 minutes night in the regular season, um, especially when a guy like Carl Anthony Towns plays all 82 games. Um, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and maybe that's a way that he could still stay in, you know, stay in the game and everything and, and still um, contribute to that. Uh, and also, like, <laughs> it could just be, it could just be Tid's way, but like, that dude has always got, like, resting pissed face uh, on the sidelines, man. Like, every time they cut to him, he just looks pissed. Uh, and, like, even a guy like Popovich occasionally will smile. Um, or, like, even a guy like, say, Belichick, uh, you know, he 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 doesn't ever smile, but he doesn't ever have, like, this – he has this stern look to him, but he doesn't have this like like you can literally see the frown uh like and like the disgust on tib's face like from the sidelines all the time and i can only imagine what that's like for like as a professional athlete to like get that look from your head coach every single fucking night you play <laughs>
1: No, yeah, dude. Tom Thibodeau is just got the, yeah, dude, like he is, and his voice, dude, whenever you hear him screaming, Derek! 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 like, oh my, dude, Tom, please stop yelling. Like, I bet that's what kind of messes their team up. He's like, oh my god, is that coach yelling out there? Like, dude, he does have, like, one of the most resting, like, yeah, dude, he does have a, just a, a resting bitch face all the way, just looking out there, like, but I just, I don't know, man, he's not a good coach in my mind. I mean, yeah, he he honestly doesn't get this, but I just think if you go to do the general manager thing, do some sort of trade, get yourself some, some, some help, because you do have it there. You have a foundation and Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, so you have that, and you can get... I mean, Wiggins can get you value. You have people that will get you value back, so I would definitely try to do the right move. I mean, Minnesota fans should not be sad about this quick one-and-out. I mean, they're not... They're, they're kind of like the Celtics, like they're young, but they can compete like one right now, but there are a couple of years that we're, we'll they'll be really competing for their divisions. Now, Celtics I yeah. do believe are a step ahead because they just have a more rounded team, but you know, the Minnesota is not really worrying about this year and next year. They're like three years from now where Carl Anthony Towns coming into his prime, Butler's really into his prime, you know, they're like, we can compete. The teams are kind of stagnant and getting even out. Teams are older now and all that. So I think Minnesota should, they're in a really good spot and they're in a great spot. If they just make some off season trades, There's another, other off season. More- you there, Luke?
0: Uh, looks like we lost Luke. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that as well. Um, We're going to move on. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Raptors and the Wizards. Um, This series is probably the one that I just don't really care about. Uh, It's like if I have to choose between watching any other game and the Raptors, uh, I I pretty much default to picking the other game. Uh, I just – I don't know. It's it's been a sloppy series. It's been – it just hasn't been. It hasn't been very much fun to watch. It, it was interesting that the Wizards were able to win both their home games, uh, but you know Toronto was basically able to hold them off. And, and you know when they got back home in Game Five, I think Toronto wins the series. It might go seven, um, but I, I just don't think there's any way that they they lose to Washington. Uh, John Wall has been amazing, um, and it certainly put to rest any notion that your team is. You know, somehow better without him, uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't really care about the series. Luke, do you kind of see it the same way? Like, I, 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 I hate it too because like I feel like Raptors, Raptors in general, and like Raptors fans, like probably feel like like such a slap in the face. Like they get the number one seed, and you know they're playing in a, against a quality eighth eighth seed, and you know it's back and forth and everything, and it you know it should be an interesting series. I just don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, call call me when they're when they're you know up three two against LeBron, and like you know then I'll then I'll be interested. But until then, I just I I, I don't care. I don't I don't really enjoy watching Toronto. Um, I think their bench is great, but I'm sorry, I just I really don't care. What's <laughs> your thoughts, Luke?
1: Oh, no, I'm 100% with you. And it's not just because my team is playing and they're usually playing on the Sid Nights. It's, yeah, and they're, and they're close game. And on paper, this is like one of the, great, the good matches, like Washington, Toronto, two teams that have been there, but it is boring. There is, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's nothing that's really excited me to, like, oh, yeah, man, that game was crazy. I mean, the good games, the close games, and all that. Dunmore, like you said, has been playing really good. DeRozan's been playing really good. So there's like, you know, you get like the good, it's just. It's nothing really appealing to me. Not saying that both teams aren't like ooh wow like to watch them, but there's just nothing about this series that has just been super exciting and all that. It's almost like whoever wins, it was just like, did this game did they go seven or did they just sweep them? Like I don't really remember <laughs> any of the series. Yeah. I just know they won. Like <laughs> like one of those ones yeah. where it was like, was it a quick series and then you and then you remember, oh no, it did go seven. Now, Oh man, yeah, but it wasn't one of those like, dude. Two of the games with the overtime. It was quite. I mean, this not. I mean, I'm not because I'm the Celtics fan, but the Celtics Bucks games have been incredible. I mean, the first game, yeah. a guy hits a shot with point five seconds to send in the, before the play before they were just yeah. like, and then like LeBron doing it last night. Uh, even when Rockets are just destroying there's a 50-point quarter. The only other boring series that had been in my mind was Golden State and the Spurs. That was, they were yeah, lucky, totally agree. Toronto and Washington, that they had that other <laughs> series out there because other than that, boring. I mean, they're good games, yeah. too. They're really close. No one's been getting blown out. They're doing it's The home team's winning, so, you know, it's like no one's getting good like, like like they're getting a good home court advantage and all that. I love the Drake and wall drama and all that, but there's just yeah. nothing that's just, like, making me nothing run out there. Make and
0: be it. Like, Yo. Yes. Nothing can make it interesting. No one cares about that series if you're, if you're not a Wizards fan or a Raptors fan because ultimately, like, which it all comes down to it, I think a Raptors team and a Wizards team are right around the same level. They're not going to make it out of the East. Neither of those teams. They're not going to make it out of the East. Uh, both of those teams will give LeBron a good run for his money because, uh, assuming that LeBron you know beats Indiana, um, because his team's so weak. But like honestly, I would probably still favor LeBron in in both of those because he's LeBron. And until somebody beats him, uh, until the Eastern Conference Finals or until he goes up against Philadelphia, I'm gonna have him favored. That's just I'm, I just am. Uh, so I think that's the biggest reason for me. Like, with, with in particular, with um, Golden State and San Antonio, like, the, the, San Antonio never had a chance to win the series. So that's why that one's not interesting. I, I think this one, for me personally, is just not interesting because I don't have faith in either team to make a really deep run. Um, and by really deep, I like, the, either of those teams could beat LeBron and either of those teams could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And either of those teams would lose to Philadelphia. So, and yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I am throwing shade at your Celtics. I just, uh, I, <laughs> they're banged up, man. If they weren't banged up, it would be, it would be a all time classic series, but because they are banged up, you know, I, I just, I'm very confident in Philadelphia right now. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I just, it's like, I don't care who comes out of this series. Is that, is, do you kind of see it that way too? like, like I don't think Toronto's that much better than Washington.
1: Um I I think Toronto's a little bit better than Washington just because better, they finally yeah. uh, their bench is finally like doing things like uh we Very we discussed the, have the two teams always have the mystery benches but at least you know Toronto's doing something with their bench and all that. So I do think though if Toronto makes it out of the series they have a great chance of beating LeBron finally just because I just like I'm saying they're just looking at they're finally looking at the Cavs and and will just LeBron in general will be like you know he's having trouble like I said earlier he's having trouble like he's barely getting it done right now at least we have two superstars that are scoring I mean DeRozan can definitely get in buckets you guys hate Lowry but well you don't hate Lowry it's definitely Juan, but Lowry can actually at least he's an he is an all-star so he can't hold out against so I want to be now. I don't see him getting past the Seventy Sixers now. The Celtics. I do think maybe we could beat the Sixers. It's gonna. I'm looking for. I want that series to come back. Uh, NBA needs that. Robert. Besides Celtics Lakers, the Celtics Sixers is one of the greatest robberies in basketball. Yes. So absolutely. I think it'll be fun to just just to re just to get it going. Whoever wins, you know, they're just they're gonna be. Uh, the, Celtics and Sixers for the next couple of years are going to be the team for the East. Like there's, it's oh, yeah. Maybe Milwaukee, too. Milwaukee has that chance, but other than that, it's it's definitely going to be something that I think will be really fun. Like, just uh, to see, but like, Toronto could beat Celtics if the Celtics meet, uh, meet them then, but I don't think they're beating the 76ers at all. Now, Washington makes it out of this. They're definitely not beating Cleveland. I just think... John Wall's playing good, but they're dysfunctional in my mind. John Wall's playing great, but the whole team isn't playing great. Like, He's playing great, but I think it's taken away from what the team was doing without him. I still think that their best option is trying to move John Wall this year.
0: Steel's been playing good. Um, I think, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of the series, so me um,
1: I'm with you.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I just got to be honest. It's been like, and you know what? To be fair to me, I would, I would have watched all of these games if we didn't have to pick and choose. Like, if I have to pick between watching them or watching Boston and Milwaukee or Philly and and Miami um, or Indiana and Cleveland, like. I'm gonna go with any of those three before I go with with Toronto. So, um, but no, uh, I mean, I I just think like you said they have two All Stars. I mean, r- really to me, so like John Wall was hurt, so he wasn't an All Star this year. But like John Wall is better than Kyle Lowry, and Bradley Beal is not. I don't think I don't think he's. I don't think there's as much separation between him and DeRozan as there is between John Wall and Kyle Lowry. I think John Wall is – is his talent uh, just, just – uh, what, what am I trying to say? Do you, do you know what I'm saying here? Like, I know – No, yeah, no, 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 no. I understand what you're you. saying. Dude, John Wall okay, is a
1: okay. phenomenal player. And like you said, yeah, the, the two – I'm just giving the Toronto team an advantage just because – the team. In general, I'm just yeah. saying like – like, their whole team is playing better than the whole uh, Washington team. Yeah, those two well, superstars on the Washington it. side are better, but I take my two superstars doing whatever they're doing with the whole team still doing what they're doing, and we could possibly beat yeah. Cleveland finally in seven. I don't see them taking them in six or doing what Indiana's doing. It's going to be home court, home court. Everyone's winning on their home court. But then again, do the Cavs? Looking kind of skeptical out there. So, you know, this is the time yeah, to I take a
0: Honestly, I think anybody can beat the Cavs right now. I wouldn't bet on anybody to beat the Cavs except for the Sixers. But I think anybody can. I mean, like you said, I mean, I think we're both on the same page as far as Indiana could go home and route them and then go back to like a game seven and who knows what fucking happens. Like anybody can beat them right now. They're, they're that shaky. Um but and that's what I mean. I really, I, I really do. I don't see much. Like Toronto's a l- little bit better to me than Washington. They're not. It's not a typical one eight. Like it's not like it's not like Houston is way better than Minnesota. Um, in my opinion, like I just I don't know. I I think I I, I think they kind of just lucked into the, the to the one seed because um, I think clearly Boston is better uh, when healthy. Like, if you didn't have the Hayward injury and Kyrie wasn't out, like, Boston would definitely have the one seed. Uh, And if Cleveland had lost Kyrie, they'd have the two seed. Um, And, you know, furthermore, if, you know, Philly, I mean, they they obviously came on at the end of the season, but, like, man, if, if, like, Embiid wasn't missing back-to-backs all season and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and and maybe Simmons got – started a little sooner, you know, getting to the level he's at, they could be a four seed. So, like, i I, I put it this way. I I don't think I, – I, I think after the Sixers, there's just a bunch of mix of teams in the East. Um, L- L- Cleveland intrigues me because of LeBron. Boston intrigues me because of Brad Stevens. Toronto doesn't have either of that. They don't have a – like, DeRozan is great – but he's not, like, he's not on a on a LeBron level uh, or even, you know, even like a, I don't know, like a Paul George level. Like, he's, like, just that tier. He may share that tier with Paul George, but he doesn't have a Russell Westbrook with him. Um, so they just don't really interest me. They don't have, like, Dwayne Casey's fine. Like, he revamped their offense because, I mean, it was obvious. Like, we need to shoot more threes and, and move the ball around, like, but it's not like he's, you know, reinventing basketball or anything with his offense. So I don't know. They're just boring to me. I'm sorry. The most intriguing thing about this whole series, like you said, is is the Drake John Wall thief. Like, and that has nothing to do with the basketball game. Um, but let's move on. We got just a few minutes to to wrap things up. We got the uh, Celtics and Sixers that I still want to get to. Uh, let's jump to the Celtics first. Uh, they just started playing uh, the Bucks. I have it on in the background. Um, and uh, basically, I mean, Marcus Smart came back and just made all of the effort plays necessary uh, to put his team in the position going down the stretch um, to, to win that game. Uh, his, him diving on the floor, like, first two minutes he was into the game and getting that steal, uh, him making that block. Uh, and it was, it was kind of arguably a block. Like, he basically like, hit that ball away from uh, Antetokounmpo before he even knew what the fuck was going on, which was just awesome. Like, the fact that he had the recognition to see what was going on, get into the paint, slap it away, uh, and and Giannis was just like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, And then, not to mention, he's, he's... like, made the big play at the end of the game. Like, dough on the floor. Like, everybody was, like, scrapping at him. And, like, you were sure he was either going to get tied up or they were going to get a steal. And then somehow he miraculously just dumps it off the Horford underneath the bucket. It's a wide-open shot. Like, dude, Marcus Smart, he is certainly um, – I, I won't say he saved this series for Boston, but I think he's the biggest reason why you guys won game five. Would you agree with me in that uh, in that perspective?
1: Uh, uh, I'm going to agree with you 90% just because I'm going to give some, but, but, dude, almost 100%. Like, yes, it was all Marcus Smart, dude. I mean, like you said, came out, just influenced Sparks. That's why I love Marcus Smart. I hope we can keep him to a team-friendly deal. I hope some other teams doesn't yeah. do some Brooklyn thing where we have to match a max. so we're not going to do it. But, dude, he's such a great player oh, for us. No. And I think him and he's, Terry.
0: He's 10 to, 10 to 12 million. He he deserves a Patty yeah, Mills contract. That's what
1: I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And I would take that all day if, if the Celtics gave him that. Like, he's done completely fine. He just means so much for us. His offensively, he's a bulldog, man. He's just a go. He's a gr- He just gets it, man. He's He always is giving 100% to defense. I mean, he can go against any position. We had him a couple of years ago going against Millsap like a power forward, and he was shutting him down. like <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So much like, <laughs> like, like he said, dude. Not even Gonis knew what had just happened. All he knew, he's like, I'm throwing this, and then he was like, Whoa, where'd the ball go? And he and he <laughs> looked probably on the ground. He's like, Dude, one of the smallest guys on the pe- <laughs> like on the court just blocked me. Like, are you kidding me? Did this just really happen? So, yeah, dude, it's, all, it's the Marcus Smart effect. That's what my buddy, like, texted me. He's just like, dude, just another just Marcus just showing his value, how much we need him. And that's why, like, I know you don't have faith in this, but I do feel like we beat Milwaukee. Marcus is going to be the reason that we possibly beat the 76ers, like, the next series. Like, he's going to have a reason to us beating them. Like, our team's playing really good. We have Marcus who can play defense. And what I think was here's my 10% that I didn't fully go with you. Brad Stevens sitting. Yes. Um, what's the it face to paint? Samuel Ozilay is yes. one of the, that's why I have to give It's not 100%. I was going to bring that up. I'm glad That you did. right there is a great you move. That's just Brad Stevens did. just showing he's one of the best coaches right now. You basically like, made ConMaker irrelevant. He kid that's never started before. And he yeah. just has caught the play defense. Dude, I don't care relevant. if you don't
0: score. maker has been yeah. killing you the past two games. And you essentially, by staggering the lineup the way you did, you allowed Baines to play on him. and, and, he couldn't do anything. He can't fucking body up Baines. Your 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 nickname is Thin Maker. Like Aaron Baines is is a beast of a man. Like, yeah, it was. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I 100 percent agree. Like, I, I would definitely give uh have to give some percentage of credit to Brad Stevens and and just hit the chess match that that he you know he offers to any coach. Um, but like that was that was the biggest thing with me all along was like, I don't I don't care that Giannis is the best player on the court. Like, I care that, like, y- that you guys have Brad Stevens and the other team has Joe Prunty. Like, it, and, you know, no offense to Joe Prunty. Like, it's fine, solid assistant coach. It's just, it, this has nothing to do with him. It's all about, like, Brad Stevens is, if not the best coach in the NBA, the second best coach in the NBA next to Greg Popovich the only person that you could argue that is better than Brad Stevens Um, and and keep a straight face. The the guy just knows basketball. Like, I, 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 dude, like that's probably, Danny Ames gets credit for a lot of things. I don't think he gets enough credit for trading away Doc Rivers and then signing and get I you mean you got a draft pick out of it, it was like a late first rounder, and and then signing Brad Stevens to like a long term deal, knowing that this guy was going to be a great head coach in the future. Um, because man, if he didn't, if he doesn't win Coach of the Year this year, I'm gonna be pissed. I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of different. Coaches being floated out there, Quinn Snyder. I think uh, ESPN had uh, Dwayne Casey as their favorite. Like, just look at what Brad Stevens has been able to achieve with all of the different injuries this year. If he does the win Coach of the Year, it's a fucking sham.
1: Oh, no, dude, 100%. Like, dude, it's just not me being a Celtics fan. I mean, it's everything he said and more just what he's been able to do. I mean, majority of his minutes he's getting out of not even just rookies, but the other guys, the second-year guy. The only guys that's returning are like three players who like it's just everything the those have done is just and it's just it's like you said it's just one more smart move that he just figured out. I mean, just starting a rookie, just insane and just just works so well and and all that. They didn't even play Greg Monroe's been having a good series because it's just like who they're playing out there and like he can just cycle in whoever he wants. That's why you know next series you know you might get some big games at Greg Monroe if we want to go big and like hey we're gonna go match big big have Horford play on the power four, go Greg Monroe, download for the Embiid, or maybe, I don't know if that it's not going to really stop him, but, you know. Dude, I would love to see Horford things.
0: go up against Saric. Horford would destroy oh, yeah. Dario Saric. He like, would destroy like, him, I mean, but he's going to have to go against Embiid. He would destroy whoever, whatever big you got on him, but that's going to happen anyway. Like, yeah, Horford, I, I think playing Horford at the four would be smart. I'd rather have him desto- destroying Darius Saric and, like, you know, make him beat have to come over uh and try to guard him, which then, you know, essentially because he can spread the floor, gets him beat out of the paint, like dude yeah, it'll be super interesting. And then if you go with it if you have another big down there and Sarich is trying to guard, you know, um Baines or or um uh what's his say, uh then yeah, like that could create It'll be interesting because I certainly give the coaching edge to Brad Stevens. I think Brad Brown's a good coach. I think he did a very good job coaching uh, in making Hassan Whiteside utterly ineffective in that series. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that um, – uh, I think Philadelphia's just got too much talent, though. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it, it'll be a fun series, and we're definitely going to get it because I'm, I'm – after seeing just you know a little bit of the first quarter of this game, I'm pretty confident Boston is going to close this one out to six.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I'm watching it right now, but so, like just getting a death in. I mean definitely, I think we're going to close it out. I think it's just going to come down to in the end that it's just coaching just got got you. Uh, his his changing on the flow, Stevens is, is just a lot better than you, and just just everything that. This, what the Celtics can do. Just this game, we're gonna take it, and then we'll see. We'll see how the next series go. But I, I definitely think that we should. And then again, I mean, Milton's been playing really great basketball. Like not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of people. I read uh, this little article that a reporter kept on calling him Jabari Parker a couple games, called him Jabari, and didn't even know who he was. But Milton's <laughs> making people oh know who. Yeah, yeah, and he even called him out, um, Middleton, like uh, last game. He was like, "Weren't you the reporter?" That that um call me Jabari and the guy's like oh God it's like yeah dude that's him I'm there and he's just like yeah man and all that so
0: <laughs> but no yeah, I mean well, I would be then again no walking against a big player on that team <laughs> like oh yeah Jabari that's what I'm saying like, Middleton's either. making people know I, I mean I was just gonna say I will say this Jabari has been playing very well the last like three games and I I, I would like to extend an official apology. Uh, from us here at Full Court Press uh, for basically just shitting on Jabari Parker uh, after those first two games. Um, because a lot of... I heard a lot of people saying they should go small, they should play Jabari Parker and, and play Giannis at the 5 and all this. And I'm just like, dude, you can't play Jabari Parker. He's been fucking terrible. Uh, and he's been really good uh, the past three games. Even in the loss uh, in Game 5, he played really well. So... um I'm starting to kind of wonder if maybe they will try to re-sign Jabari Parker. Um, I think that'll be a really interesting offseason play. Do you think they'll re-sign Jabari Parker? I mean, that would probably put them in the luxury tax unless they're able to offload some salary, um, which would be kind of difficult. they probably have to give up their number 17 pick to offload the salary to avoid the luxury tax in order to re-sign Jabari Parker. What do you think happens there?
1: Oh, no, I mean, dude, I was going to say, I mean, I think we were both, like, seeing eye-to-eye right there. Jabari's definitely been playing really well this year. That's why I don't want to – like, yeah, it was a great first quarter by the Celtics, but the the Milwaukee's gotten some better minutes out of, like, Jabari and all that. So, it's something to worry about. I mean, definitely knows his mismatch. Like, Jabari's been taking advantage of his mismatches when he has them. And, I mean, Horford's a great player, but Jabari's got a great shot, and Jabari's definitely, you know, been doing so. I – I'm with you. I I I was with them, like just letting them walk. Don't don't be like Minnesota and get tied up like with Wiggins. the strap class, you know, they're two good players, right. but I want to get stuck with them. I mean, they weren't they weren't who each team needed in the end. Like, yeah, they're great players, right. but was this the best person for guys? But I, then again, I mean, he's been playing so well that you could possibly figure it out. And I don't know, man. I I just. I I agree with you. Do, you. do you sign them, put yourself in the luxury, and put you like you can't really do anything, or do you just try to? I I would definitely do a sign and trade. I'm not letting them walk at all. Like I'm going to match whatever you like throw out there. I'm going to tell every team that. So if you're going to come at me, Chicago, and try to give him this max deal, I'm hey, going to match it. But you got to give oh, me something back in return. So yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and I, Brooklyn does have and some Brooklyn decent, could use it Brooklyn wasn't Brooklyn bad. They were really actually decent yeah, yeah and they
0: could use so him i mean he, him. he would fit their system very well um they have Damari Carroll who they've been playing as their kind of um uh, go to four um for for the season, but obviously I mean he's like thirty something years old he's he's an older guy um and he's only got one year left on his deal um like I don't know I mean maybe I would even like entertain the notion of like we'll give you. We'll sign and trade. I mean, I think they can offer him the amount of, I don't think a sign and trade is possible with them because they can offer him the money. Like why would they sign and trade? Um, or then again, maybe if you don't get greedy, if you're like, fine, we'll just take the Murray Carroll. Um, so we have, you know, somebody like you don't need Demari Carroll. You don't need his $15 million if you got, you know, your guy. And then you're, you're only taking on a year's worth of salary. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. It'll certainly be interesting. Um, really quickly, uh, before we close out the show, um, Sixers eliminated the Heat at home uh, in another pretty decisive victory. Uh, it was, it was uh, a lot of fun for me to watch. Um, I I've, I've so enjoyed watching the Sixers play. Um, we, we've talked about the Sixers a good amount in the show, so I'm not really too focused on them. I think, you know, our, our listeners all know kind of where I stand on them and, and where we stand on them in general. Uh, the most interesting thing about this series to me, though, after the series was over, Hassan Whiteside came out and basically bitched again about not getting playing time. Um, like, okay, Whiteside. You you were rendered ineffective because you could not guard the pick and roll. Like he would, I don't I don't know if you like have have like followed the series close enough to see um, like because I watched every single minute of every single game of that that series and like they would run the pick and roll up at the top of the screen. He would have to he would be the switch guy. And he wouldn't even put a fucking hand up, much less jump and try to block a shot. Like, he had so many threes just shot right over him where he didn't even try. He didn't even put a hand up. It's like, dude, Spolstra, like, Spolstra's a super smart coach. He saw what was happening and was like, God, I can't play this guy. Um, two things. One, Whiteside needs to shut the fuck up and actually play better if he wants to play on the court. And B... Um, I know you threw out that Phoenix trade earlier. Um, by the way, I looked it up. Whiteside is actually older than John Wall. Um, it's just that he didn't, he's been in the league. He, he was actually in the same draft as John Wall, but he was just older, um, at the time. Um, and it, I mean, it's just that, you know, he, he didn't get relevant until he got to Miami. Um, so, you know, it's, we just haven't been hearing about him as long as John Wall, but he's actually older than John Wall. Um, I don't think at this point in time, after seeing what we saw, like, would you, if you were a GM of any team, would you trade for him? And if so, like, what team?
1: Um, I would. I just think he completely checked out of it after the first time he called him out. So he just wasn't in and out mentally. I want to say not this game. but The game before he had actually a decent game, where, uh, but he was just completely mentally checked out. I think he just he did he figured out that he wasn't fitting their system he's anymore. Terrible co-
0: defense the whole series though.
1: He just just not even checked in. I mean, he's not a bad defensive player when I mean, dude, how did, I mean, he got the max money for a reason. I mean, he, he I just think he just saw the writing on the wall. I do think teams will go out there and like, you know, go for them. I mean, they're not going to have to package a lot. I mean, there's there's some yeah. teams I mean the contracts stupid. I mean, it's unlike baseball where you can eat money. I don't know if there's teams that can eat money and you trade bad contracts or bad contracts, so that's going to that's gonna hurt some teams that are that, uh, like not going for it. But I do feel like he could be a serviceable, you know, like he'll get you rebounds, which you need, and he can be a good defensive blocker and all that. He just Like you said, he was terrible on the pick and roll, but I just think he just didn't really care. I think even before this series he even started, before the season even ended, White was already completely checked out of this team, completely just not happy at all. So I just think just no matter what, I mean, you're getting Olenek playing more in minutes. Bam, definitely I love that because, I, I mean, being a Kentucky fan, I, you know, I, I thought Bam was a good player, but I had a yeah. bunch of people last year just like, oh, it was a terrible pick. A bunch of even like the really like, um, like big columnists were just like, Worst pick for Miami go for band. No, it actually was a great pick. He was one of was the great. better players. He could be a second team all or like rookie. Like he played really well yeah, could, for them and he just doesn't play well best, with Whiteside.
0: He's probably the best true center in the draft. because um, John Collins is not a true center. Um and uh um obviously Laurie Markin is not really even a center at all, even though I you know, I voted for him. Uh, for my all-NBA center spot just because I think Mark and and Collins have just had, you know, better years overall than Bam Adebayo um, as far as, like, numbers and playing time and everything else. Um, But as far as, like, true centers in the draft, he's probably the best one. The only person that I might give the edge to is Jared Allen in in Brooklyn. Um, But, no, I I totally agree with you there. He's great. Um, I tell you what, though, if I'm I'm Miami and, you know – Phoenix would come along and say, you know, we'll give you the expiring contracts of Tyson Chandler and Jared Dudley. I'd be like, all right, fucking done deal, dude. Like you can give me two expiring contracts. Uh, And not to mention one of which would be a wing player, which I, you know, could use another one of those. Like, fuck. Yeah. I'm definitely making that trade Um, because like, dude, I don't want Whiteside on my team anymore. And like, if you're Phoenix, and that's all you have to give up. Like maybe roll the dice. Um, my only concern would be, um, you know, that the fact that you know he's twenty five million next year, twenty seven million the year after that. Uh, plus, you have to extend Devin Booker, and you know, for, for that year that he's making twenty seven. So you're you getting you getting close to like some some risky business as far as cap space. Um so I don't know. I I think Phoenix might be one of the few teams who would be interested. Um, I think there's been some rumors lately that Cantor may opt out and try to seek a long term deal with New York. I think if he opts out, I would like I would basically say, Yeah, we'll take Whiteside if you take Noah <laughs> Like at least Noah's like seven or eight million dollars less a season, so there's, you know, and if you're not going to play Whiteside, what fucking difference does it make, you know? Um, so, I don't know. If, like, that that might work. Um, you know, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think ultimately if I'm Miami in that scenario, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not fucking taking joke Kim Noah. Um, but, hey, like, I don't know. It, it, it might work. Do you – what – do you see any other teams that would be interested in in there? Just off the top of your um,
1: head? I, I think there are. I mean, okay, so uh, before I get into that, I think Kenny Smith said it the best. Like, why aren't you using him like Quinn Capella is getting used in in Houston, a pick-and-pop player? I mean, like, he's not Quinn so Capella. To know, he's 31 he, years he, old. He, he, I mean, I'm the age, but I mean, Quinn Capella is not that much better than him. I mean, they're both the, they're almost about the same player. I mean, D- you gonna get you rebounds, I mean, He's a pick and pop player. I mean, Click-and-pop is better, but I'm just saying they're both pick and pop players. Like you just got to put them in the same like dude, system. I, put it this uh, way: another hey, team I see dude. could do would maybe be, I mean, Milwaukee. But I don't know what that. I don't think they could do it money wise. No. But like, it doesn't make realistic sense. But Milwaukee wouldn't be <sighs> bad with. I mean, I, I, just, I don't see any in making it for them.
0: You need somebody who can space the floor if you're going to run out Bledsoe and Anschutz Kumpo. You have to get somebody who can space the floor. Like, either it, they don't even have to play a five. Like, fine, play to Kumpo at the five. But like, if I am trading for a five, like, then I want them to be able to space the floor. I much rather have someone like Nikola Vucevic. Um, I, I would not trade for Whiteside if I if I was my um, uh, Milwaukee. Um, I could you know, also see like, the
1: Kings doing it. Sacramento, you know, uh, needs to – they've got uh, too many random defensive like centers. Doing it. <laughs> Maybe give them a Randolph, like do some bad contract, bad yeah. contract, like you were saying, like the Knicks. Like they like, could do that. Like I mean, Randolph Kings and are
0: Shumpert. Randolph yeah. and
1: Shumpert. Kings. Yeah. Like, so do bad contract, bad contract. We'll take you guys. Yeah. We'll see if white side works for us because Randolph didn't work for us. so. We're just already an experimenting team. What if Whiteside ends up helping us out a little bit, you know? So, yeah. I think, you know, and there's, you there's you some know. low-end teams. Oh, yeah, there's so some low-end teams out there. Maybe Chicago. I know Chicago does have bad contracts, but Chicago, you know, is a young team. You know, you can get marketing and Canale finally play the power forward because he's not a center. Uh, maybe give got him
0: got Robin Lopez. firing. Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez is kind of
1: um, falling on his way out. Like, he had the good yeah, two years like, ago, but... That's but, not.
0: like, has Whiteside given you any in- indication that he's not doing the same thing? Like... Yeah, I, I don't I, know, I man. Mean, I, think, I mean, I'll say this. I think Whiteside is closer to Tristan Thompson than he is to Clint Capella. Like, if you were... If you ooh, were to ooh. put a scale... Yeah, okay, awesome, Clint Capella's really good, and Tristan Thompson's really shitty, I think Whiteside would be leaning much further towards Tristan Thompson than he would be Clint Capella.
1: Oh, okay. what That's if what point. if Cavs lost? What if Cavs lost LeBron? I don't know. I'm gonna do it, and then but you lose LeBron, but you can get Whiteside if you got rid of a J.R. Smith and a terrible Tristan Thompson expiring contract. Maybe give you, but that I puts them those in. those salaries I, would, would
0: add up to more than Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Uh, but maybe like maybe no, but there there's still potential there. Like if you if you compare maybe Tristan Thompson with um, – I'm trying to think of, like, who's a cheaper uh, expiring contract. Or maybe, like, okay, maybe you pair up Tristan Thompson and Kyle Korver. Like, that would equal to about what he makes. Um, so you might even be cutting a little salary. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you could even get – at that point, because you're giving up Korver, maybe you could even get him to throw in some kind of asset, you know, Um you're not going to get anything great for that, but, like, uh, maybe a second rounder, like a Miami Heat second rounder. It's so like a 45th to 50th overall pick or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that might be possible. I mean, if, if LeBron leaves, you don't need Corver anyway. I think I would try to trade Corver in his own trade, though, and, like, try to actually, like, maybe you go to Minnesota and say, hey, give us a first rounder. Cross your fingers and say, "Give us a first rounder, and we'll give you Kyle Korver." You need three point shooting. We'll give you Kyle Korver for Cole Aldridge, who's fucking worthless. Um, but like, nevertheless, no, like I could see that. I, I mean, uh, so yeah, there's there's spots, but I don't think Miami is going to get any real value for him, which is which I guess is my my overall point. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. This offseason is going to be fucking crazy, dude. I can't wait. Nice. No, Two favorite I times hope it of the is, man. Year. I really do. Oh, my two favorite times of the year is NBA offseason, the NBA trade deadline. Like, I love watching me the finals and the playoffs and everything else. But I don't even get – I like, I mean, I guess it would be different if my team was in it. But, like, you know, because, like, you, you pick a side and you root for it. But, like, I, I always get super amped for offseason – and for the trade deadline, my two favorite times. Uh, but, hey, Luke, thanks for joining me, man. We did end up going two hours. Uh, we rambled a lot uh, on the first topic. So, we, you know, we tried to, tried to up the pace a little bit to, uh, to get through everything. But, uh, but we did. Um, uh, by the way, everybody out there uh, in Geek Vibes Nation, uh, we'll be back next Monday. Be sure to join us this Sunday. We're going to be breaking down... Uh, Marvel's latest epic adventure, uh, Avengers Infinity War. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we'll probably also shoot the shit on a little bit of news as well. Uh, but Until next week, Luke, uh, thanks for joining me. And, uh, no, thanks you for time. having me, man. Thanks for having man. Yeah, man. Right, always, yeah, peace out, man. I'll good. see you. Uh, we, fucked, we fucked up the end of the show. Damn. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, again, thanks to Luke. Uh, he's out. Uh, and we will see you next week, uh, Monday, 9 o'clock. Uh, Joel should be back. We're going to have Dewan, and we'll be discussing what should be the preview for the second round. Join us then.